Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Galatians, chapter 5. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Paul is not talking about salvation. He's not talking about whether you can keep your salvation or lose your salvation. That's not the topic. That's not the point in the book. The point of the book is talking about legalism. And again, if you put it in that context, well, what Paul is saying here is that you have fallen from grace. In other words, you, you cannot have it both ways. If you're trying to look to circumcision to make you righteous, you can't have it both ways. If you're holding on to the law, then you let go of, of grace. And if you're holding on to grace, then you let go of the law. So to fall from grace means to fall into legalism. And to choose legalism is to let go of grace, as I said. For we, in verse 5, go ahead and look at it through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. In other words, those walking in the Spirit, they wait for righteousness by faith. They're not trying to earn it by performing good works. You can't be a legalist. Watch this. You can't be a legalist through the Spirit. Somebody say amen. Okay, write it down. Think about it on the way home. You cannot be a legalist through the Spirit. It's by faith. Righteousness is by faith. Verse 6, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. Those walking in the Spirit know that being circumcised or uncircumcised means nothing. What matters is faith working through love, not works of righteousness. Faith working through love. In other words, listen, the only thing that counts is faith that shows itself through love. You can talk about how spiritual you are all you want, but if you don't love people, then your spirituality is in vain. Did you hear me? Because a lot of churches and church folk don't get this. They walk around looking spiritual. They walk around looking holy, but they don't love people. And can walk by you in the hallway and don't even say hi to you. Can look mean. Church folk can be mean. I'm sorry, y'all mind if I talk about it or not? What? I'm going to talk about it anyway. Okay. Church folk can be mean. You can go to some churches that they're mean. You see them in the hallway, mean. See them in the supermarket, don't even speak, mean. But they get in church and, you know, the music is going. They're just singing praise to God. Yes, yes, speaking in tongues. He coming on on day, he coming on on day. And even getting caught up. And all this holy spiritual behavior 
You know, they get carried big Bibles, big old Bibles. That Bible's so big, they walk in, they had to carry their Bibles like this. I mean, you know, they, gotta, they need help from the car to get the Bible in. Spiritual people, but they don't love. Love is the highest form, the highest way to show God and show others that you truly are spiritual. When people walk in the door of this church, love them. And so what? You're looking at them and they may not be wearing the appropriate thing. And people have come to me. Oh, Pastor Ronnie, I mean, there's a sister who just walked in and she's, uh, <laughs> she's wearing, uh, Pastor Ronnie, she's wearing something that's just not, well, it's just not. You know, when people start doing that, you know it's bad. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, close your eyes. Can I get a witness? Anybody know what I'm talking about? But, but we're quick, quick, quick. Church folks are quick to judge you when, in fact, all we talk about, the church is a hospital for the sick. We're quick to say that. Church is a hospital for the sick. People come to the church. People need to come to the church to be healed. Church is a hospital for the sick. But as soon as someone that's sick walks in and they need healing, we don't love them. We judge them. And at the same time, we talk about the church is a hospital for the sick and how much we love Jesus. Well, if you love Jesus and the church is really a hospital for a sick, when you see somebody walking through the door that may be dressed inappropriately or maybe they got tattoos all over their body or all these piercings all through, I don't understand this stuff. But that's the culture we live in. Then you love them. Can you clap your hands? Can you? Can you? Will you please? Then you just love them. Walk up to them and say, I remember one time. Okay, I remember one time this guy came to church and John, he was like covered in piercings, his whole face. So, I mean, it was like really alarming. So, <laughs> so I mean, I'm talking, I'm standing this way and I'm talking to someone this way and he's standing behind me. So he, I turn around, and I'm greeting people. That's how I always do. After service, I'm greeting. I turn around. So I, I mean, he's kind of scared me. <laughs> I turn around. I was like, whoa, whoa. I'm like, whoa, whoa, man. Hey, hey, dude. Hey. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> I'm like, dang, man, how are you? <laughs> How's it feeling? I mean, you guys are going. <laughs> And you know, it's easy at that point. Well, now you're not like me or you're different than me or you look different than me. It's easy to start forming opinions instead of just loving that person where they are. They come to church dressed a certain way. You love them just right where they are. You know what will happen? That love will, will transcend and resonate in their life, and they'll go home. I've seen it happen. They'll go home the Holy Spirit. Next Sunday, because you love them, they, you know, go back to that church. And next Sunday, the Holy Spirit, while they're getting dressed, mm, mm, you know, that's probably not appropriate. I probably should not wear that, and I'll probably wear this. The Holy Spirit will tell them what to wear. Don't y'all realize? We just need to love people, not judge them. And this is the, the, the highest form of showing Christ and showing others that you truly are spiritual. 
faith that counts. That's what Paul says. Well, look, let's move forward. We got to move forward. I can get off that point. All right. Look at verse 7. If you're looking at it, say amen. amen. You ran well, Paul says. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion in verse 8 does not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole what, saint? Lump. A little leaven levels the whole lump. I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will have no other mind, but he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. And I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why do I still suffer persecution? Then the offense of the cross has ceased. I could wish that those of you who trouble you, those, those who trouble you, would even cut themselves off. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Not only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. This is such an important verse. Let me read it again. For you, brethren and sisters, don't want to leave ladies out, have been called to liberty. Only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve, somebody help me, one another. For all the law, everything is fulfilled in one word, even in this. You shall love your neighbor just like you love yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Paul says, listen, guys, you were doing good in the faith. You were running well. Who hindered you? This word hindered is a very interesting word. If you're taking notes, you write this down. It literally is a, a military operations word, and it means to break up a road so as to make it impassable. It's the opposite of clearing a road to break up a road so as to make it impassable. Paul says you received the gospel. You were excited about Jesus. You started to run well. Who broke up the road and made it impassable for you to enter into grace and to walk in grace and to move in grace and understand in grace? Who was it? Now, of course, this begs the question for us. If you're not walking with the Lord this morning like you once did, who broke up the road? Who hindered you? You know, it happens. Where you gave your life to Christ, and so some many years later, somehow someone came in, something came in and broke up the road. And now you're not as close to the Lord as you once were. Think about it. Who or what hindered you? You know, I remember when I got saved. Many of you know, been around here at Calvary, of course you know this, January 23rd, 1982. Sound familiar? That was the day I gave my life to Jesus. That was the day I became a Christian. And, you know, when I became a Christian, I didn't know the difference between an epistle and an apostle. I, I, I didn't know the difference. I didn't know who John Calvin was. I didn't know the five points of Calvinism. I didn't know who Martin Luther was. I didn't know anything about Arminianism. 
I didn't know anything about the Trinity, eschatology, soteriology, or any other ology. All I knew is that I was saved. All I knew is that Jesus died for me because he loved me. And I thought this was the best thing ever. You guys know, when I became a Christian, I I went crazy. I think I went crazy for a good three years. I'm serious. I lost my mind. I mean, I, 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 I thought this was the best thing. When I became a Christian, it was radical for me. Now, some people, you know, it's kind of appealing the way of things and sin and various things. Some people, that happens that way. But for me, everything just, all the things I struggled with went just like that. I lost my mind. I thought everyone needs to hear the gospel. Everyone needs to be changed. And it's my responsibility to tell 5.6 billion people on the earth about the gospel. I was crazy. I was one of them Jesus freaks, and I did not mind awkward situations. I I didn't mind. I would preach the gospel. I don't care if it was awkward. I'm at McDonald's ordering a Happy Meal. I'm like, like, excuse me, like they have a Happy Meal and uh, Biggie fries. And then she'd come back, and I'd say, you know, did you know Jesus died to make you happy? No. (laughs) No. It's kind of awkward. I didn't mind an awkward situation. I felt like people needed to know about the gospel. I went street preaching. You guys know. I mean, I dress up on a Friday night, put on a suit, go stand out on the corner, preach the gospel. I got my Bible in hand. I was, yell- I was yelling at people. I mean, I, it, this is not like the best way to win people to Christ. <laughs> I have so since learned, but <laughs> I would do it. I'd be standing on the corner like, MG, you're going to hell, man. You're going to hell. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Do you know you're going to hell? No, I didn't. Well, let me tell you, you're going to hell. But Jesus loves you, and he doesn't want you to go to hell. Now, me, on the other hand, I'm going to heaven. You're going to hell. I'm going to heaven, you're going to hell. I'm going to heaven, you're going to hell. I mean, I was kind of crazy like that. Now, I'm standing on the corner, and, and one day I just was like wondering, why is everyone walking on the other side of the street? <laughs> I didn't get it until I got it. And then, so, but I, I just, you know, I was excited about the things of the Lord, and I was excited about Jesus. But then some time passes, and you know what happens? Some time passes, and someone comes in and breaks up the road. And they start talking to you about eternal security. Well, now, are you saved, once saved, always saved, or not? You know, uh, 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 you know, is, you know, I'll start talking to you about all of these doctrinal things, breaking up the road. And before you know it, you're not backsliding, but you're frontsliding. We talked about that last week. That means you're becoming more religious by your works, by your efforts. So you start frontsliding. And if you, you know, and Paul is saying, listen, don't let anyone or anything hinder you. The Galatians were doing well until someone broke up the, broke up the road. And then notice in verse 8, Paul says, this persuasion, are you looking at it, does not come from him who called you. In other words, God isn't in that. You might feel persuaded, Paul says, but it's not God. Paul says, a little leaven leavens the whole lump in verse 9. Now in the Old Testament, Leaven was left out of sacrifices. And during the Passover, listen, every Jew had to search their home for seven days to find leaven and remove it. 
So leaven in the Bible is a picture of evil. You might want to write that down. It's a picture of sin because it permeates and it controls. And Jesus said, don't you remember? Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and beware of the leaven of the Sadducees, which is hypocrisy. Now, again, saints, context, context, context. The Judaizers were preaching another gospel. Remember that? And they were preaching heresy and adding to the grace of God. So leaven in this context has to do with false teaching. Now, leaven in 1 Corinthians, per se, take that for example, has to do with sin of sexual immorality. But in Galatians, in chapter 5, here in verse 9, leaven has to do with false teaching. It has to do with heresy. And Paul is saying, listen, a little false teaching, a little error, a little heresy will permeate through the church and it corrupts and it destroys. And listen, I have seen that happen in so many churches. It ain't funny. We're from the pulpit, just a little heresy. Someone gets up in the pulpit and says, you know, oh, well, Christians can be demon-possessed. I've heard comments like that. Destroy churches. Destroy them. That's why here at Calvary Chapel, very careful about who we have in the pulpit teaching the Bible. If you've been here for any amount of time, you know that. I believe that we need to be very, very careful because a little bit of heresy that's why it's important to teach the Bible verse by verse. That's why verse by verse, I'm not, I tell pastors around the world, I don't think you need to do verse by verse like I do. Sunday morning, Wednesday night. I'm not saying you need to do it like I do. I'm saying that in your church, you need to have a time where you are teaching verse by verse, maybe on a Wednesday night, maybe on a Sunday morning. It's a verse by verse study of the word of God. Verse by verse is safe. Verse by verse keeps you balanced. Balance is good because when you're teaching the Bible, you, you, you think you got a handle on, and Bible teachers, you know what I'm talking about. You think you got a handle on this topic right here. You keep studying, you keep reading, and you keep tracking through Scripture, and you'll find another side of the same issue over there. And that's going to keep you balanced. What happens is people just topically read the Bible and preachers preach their favorite topic from the Bible and they never study the whole scripture to get the balance. That's too much. But it's true. Balance is so important to stay balanced in the scripture because a little leaven leavens the whole lump. A little false teaching leavens the whole lump. Now look at verse 11. Paul's making it clear that he no longer preaches, has a need to preach circumcision. And the fact is, is that he is persecuted, proves it. Instead, Paul bears the offense of the cross. You see, I'll tell you something. If you preach circumcision, nobody, listen, saints, if you preach circumcision, nobody will be offended because circumcision is your own effort. Circumcision has to do with you. But if you preach the cross of Jesus, people will get offended and you will be persecuted because the cross, watch this, is an offense to human pride. I'm going to say that again in case you didn't have your coffee. The cross is an offense to human pride. Because the cross says Jesus died for you 
independent of you. The cross says grace. The cross says God has done all the work and you had nothing to do with it. People would rather be circumcised or people would rather have something to do with it. So at the end of the day, they can say, I deserve to be saved. The cross says you don't deserve to be saved, but Jesus died for you to save you. Y'all understand this? That's what the cross speaks. That Jesus has done it all. Huh? That's what the cross says. Cross, the cross is an offense to human pride. And people, they don't like the cross. You can tell people anything. People will buy anything. You tell people, you know what, you can lose weight, lose 10 pounds in five seconds without exercise. People will be like, Where, where's that program? I need to get that. I need to get without exercise too. Oh, I'm going to get me two of them. <laughs> two of them. People will buy anything. You, you tell people, yo, well, you know, you need to go to the highest mountain, sit in the lotus position, and study your navel, and you will become more spiritual. People, oh, let's get on the journey. Let's go. But you tell people, hey, the gospel of G- Jesus died for you. He did it independent of you. You had nothing to do with it. People are like, now, wait a minute, what are you talking about, Willis? I don't know about that now. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You go to your workplace and start talking about Jesus tomorrow and see what happens. And you can go there and tell them any other weird thing and they'll buy right into it. Start talking about Jesus? Uh Uh-uh. The cross is an offense. Redemption is an offense. Grace is an offense. All brought 2,000 years ago on the cross. And then in verse 12, saints, look at verse 12. We'll wrap it up right here. Look at verse 12. I love verse 12. Love verse 12. Matter of fact, in your margins in your Bible, write this down. Pastor Rodney loves verse 12. (laughs) Paul says in verse 12, I could wish that those who trouble you would even cut themselves off. The Judaizers, listen, were so quick to use the knife. Paul says, why don't you use it on yourself and completely cut off your genitalia instead of just your foreskin? (laughs) Well, that went over big. (laughs) Now, don't misunderstand me. I am not trying to be crude. I am not trying to be crass. I'm telling you that's what Paul is saying. Paul says, you guys are so quick to go around and tell people that they need to cut themselves in order to be righteous. Paul says, you know what? You should go all the way. Just do it. So y'all thought Nike came up with that. That's in the Bible. (laughs) Just do it. Paul says, you ought to cut your own selves. And matter of fact, go all the way. Completely cut yourself off. That's what Paul is saying. Notice in verse 13, Paul says, you've been called to liberty. And don't use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. You see, even in Paul's day, there were people saying, if you teach grace, people will go out and sin it up. People were saying that in Paul's day. I'll tell you what, if people take the understanding of grace and they go out and sin, they have no clue of what true grace really is all about. Grace does not give you a license to sin. Grace gives you the freedom not to sin. Hmm? Grace does not say, go out and do what you want and then come back in the house of God, repent, and it's all good. Grace does not say that. 
Grace gives you the freedom not to sin. See, before you were a Christian and you didn't have the Holy Spirit, you had to sin because it was your nature. You couldn't control it. You had to follow your nature. But once you become a Christian and receive the Holy Spirit, now you have a new nature. And now you have the ability to say no to sin. Now you have the power to say no to sin. So if you sin, now is your choice. Grace gives you the freedom not to sin, not to go out and sin. And the true test in verse 13 through 15, we wrap it up. The true test of spirituality and freedom is loving one another. I mean, think about this. Jesus had more liberty than anyone who ever walked the earth. Yet Jesus used his liberty to serve others. You see, again, love is the highest law. So we're to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And if we do that, it will keep us from biting and devouring one another. Doesn't that sound like a pack of wolves or a pack of animals? But that's what the church acts like when it's using its liberty for the flesh. That's what they act like. Animals biting and devouring and consuming one another. So what do we take away today? Listen, saints. Stand fast against legalism and walk in liberty that Jesus died to give you. Stand fast against legalism. Don't misunderstand me. Rules does not mean legal. Some people think rules means legal. That's not necessarily true. Legalism is when somebody tells you if you do this, then you will be more right with God. That's legalism. Paul says stand fast against that and stand in the liberty where Christ has made you free. The liberty that Christ died to give you. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a song.